got bullets, blades, and beatdowns aplenty. Today I'm talking about my favorite action scenes from 2023. This is Scott's of Adult and Movie Podcast. Hello, movie friends. Welcome to Scott's Stuff Indulgent Movie Podcast. I am Scott, and today I am talking about my 10 favorite action scenes from 2023. And as always, these are just from the movies that I have actually seen or gotten around to seeing. I'm sure there are others that I will add to this list. Uh, for instance, I haven't seen Godzilla Minus One, which I'm told had delivers a lot um, in the action department. So, but yeah, these are 10 of my favorite from 2023, some of which are going to be pretty obvious and some which you may not have seen yet. And I hope you'll check them out. And I'm going to try to include if possible, in the formal posting of it, I'm going to try to include the YouTube videos of the fight scenes in question. So, uh, without further ado, let's get started. First up, we have The Wonner Part 2 from Extraction 2. In my review of the second Extraction film, I dubbed it bigger and better than the original. And there's no better example of that than this movie's simulated single-take action scene, A Furious Prison Break. Looking to get the wife and children of a vicious warlord to safety, our gun-for-hire, Tyler Rake, quietly infiltrates a prison where the mother and two children are being held. But things quickly go off the rails, as Rake has to keep all three of his wards safe through a prison riot, a labyrinthian underground system within said prison, and a bunch of angry Georgian soldiers. And that's stage one. While the action is as crunchy and solid as the last film, with great dual focus on gunplay and hand-to-hand combat, scape, sco- scale, scope, and variety is what makes this scene stand out. We've got the initial push to keep things quiet, with Rake avoiding the use of his firearms, the secondary push with Rake holding off goons with a riot shield and carefully placed gunshots, and the final vehicle section where Rake and company go weapons-free and fend off army vehicles including jeeps and helicopters on a moving train. Most of the time when someone says an action movie feels like a video game, it's an insult. But here, I mean it as a sincere compliment, because this level rules. Next up, we have the entire train sequence from Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. If you're bringing back old characters like original film character Eugene Kittredge, you might as well bring back a train sequence and take it to 11. The setup for the scene is standard Mission Impossible fare. There's an important thingy that the bad guy wants, and the good guys either want to hold on to or keep for themselves, and Ethan Hunt and company need to conjure up some ways to make that happen. Complications ensue that force Ethan to do something beyond reckless, and stunt-fueled madness ensues. This time around, he's got a new teammate, played by Haley Atwell, doing deep cover, and he needs to come to her aid in time before his nemesis arrives to kill her and take some crucial information away. Cue Tom Cruise throwing himself in a motorcycle off of a mountain and fighting a baddie on top of a train, in a scene that blends some of the best stuff from Skyfall and Speed into one element. As fun as that is, though, the real nail-biting fun comes when the baddie blows up a bridge, and now Cruz and Atwell have to climb their way up a train as it is effectively falling into a ravine or blowing up. The shifts in gravity are great, and each car, whether it's the kitchen or dining cars, provide their own obstacles as this pair that is just learning to work together tries to stay alive to fight tomorrow. Sometimes staying alive is just as fun as fighting for your life. Next up, we have No Sleep Till Brooklyn from Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. 
This might sound wrong, but James Gunn's Guardians haven't had many fights where they're all fighting the same enemies at the same time. They're a divide-and-conquer type of group, even when they're fighting off a homicidal planet or a Kree warlord. So seeing the original gang take one more slow-motion walk together before tearing through some of the High Evolutionary's most monstrous creations in a single take is an incredibly satisfying portion of his last ride. While single-take sequences have largely become means of showing off a director's technical prowess, the reason I love this one so much is how it so seamlessly gives each member of the team a highlight reel moment, showing off their fighting prowess and skills with some brutal takedowns, at least by Marvel standards. We see Mantis doing her flying kung fu before Great Groot tears through these goons with some giant limb attacks, which Rocket follows to get some flying gun takedowns before we cut to Star-Lord, and on and on we go, until the narrow corridor is covered in the goo and the Guardians' fallen foes. Song over, fight over, high fives all around, and let's go take out the big bad. Next up, we have The Killer versus The Brute from The Killer. I wasn't particularly high on David Fincher's latest action thriller, in large part because Fincher demonstrates what he's capable of, of as an action filmmaker in this bruising brawl and doesn't do it again. Well on his way through his kill list, Michael Fassbender's assassin travels to St. Petersburg, Florida to take out a man who nearly killed his girlfriend, known only as the Brute. But the kill is far from easy, as the Brute lives up to his name by turning the tables on our protagonist and engaging him in a brutal hand-to-hand -hand combat bout throughout his home. There's a lot to like here, including the crisp sound design, the camera work that moves with each tussle and exchange of blows, but what I really like is how this is clearly a fight between the Brute's pure power and the killer's skill and adaptability, hence why he literally just throws everything he can at his opponent or goes for chokeholds. It's fast, brutal, and tense. Just wish the rest of the movie was this much fun. Next up, we have the final gauntlet from John Wick Chapter 4. By this point, the John Wick... Wick formula is well established. Close quarters melee bouts and gunplay stood up by Keanu Reeves and company's commitment to providing stunt-fueled carnage. But John's final run to get to the duel that will set him free might be the series' best extended sequence. With his nemesis the Marquis not content to leave his fate to a duel, the villain instead six the entirety of Paris's underworld John's way with an increased bounty. Armed with a shiny new Kevlar suit and pistol, John begins working his way through Paris in brutal fashion, and each segment offers up a new inventive approach to the same formula. About between stopping and starting cars turns into full-blown vehicular chaos around the Arc de Triomphe, with John and company using pedestrian vehicles like melee weapons and killing blows. Which then turns into a literal firefight as the cameras shift overhead as John turns his opponent's dragon's breath attack against them in an apartment complex, before a literal ascent into heaven through the longest set of stairs in the world as John attempts to work his way up with bullets and blades with a little help from Donnie Yen's cane after being thrown down all of them. Each sequence is peppered with a new creative takedown or kill, and little moments of characters either revealing their true intentions or turning to John's cause. Some of the best action filmmaking you'll ever see here. Next up, we have 1 vs 20 from Ballerina. This Netflix-exclusive Korean export has only a handful of action scenes, but the ones that are there are pretty great. In the movie's climax, Jung Jung Seo, Jung Uk Seo, confronts the drug dealer who was defending the man who killed her best friend. Feeling secure via the numbers, 20 to 1, the dealer attempts to monologue before being cut off by a headshot, and then all things are off. 
The carnage that follows is the best Kingsman-esque scene of the year, as our hero takes down her foes with carefully placed pistol shots, aided by the excellent use of ramping, before scrambling to thin the herd and bottleneck her foes before reacquiring her weapons when she's disarmed. Something the scene does so well is convey the desperation of both par parties. When Zhang Okju is fully armed, her opponents are ducking low and trying to avoid being seen and trying to creep up to take her down in a melee bout. When they get the pistols away from her, it's Zhang's turn to be desperate as she hurls their bodies and chairs and anything else she can find at them before she scrambles to get her pistol. All before finishing things off with some of the most brutal interrogations I've ever seen. It's sweet, bloody vengeance. Next up, we have Minefield Madness from Sisu. The nearly silent protagonist of Sisu, Atama Korpi, doesn't want trouble. He just wants to take his gold and live his life far away from war and conflict. But when a battalion of Nazis decide that the old man's gold should be their gold, things go south in a hurry. For the Nazis. In a brutal demonstration of what's to come, Korpi takes out an initial patrol of Nazis with vicious efficiency, mostly with a pickaxe and their own weapons before taking across a field covered in mines. Despite losing his horse to one of said mines, outnumbered and outgunned, Korpi decides to turn around and face them head on. And carnage ensues as the Nazis attempt to navigate the field they mined, and Corpy does his best Wonder Woman impression by deflecting machine gun fire and getting in close to fire more of their mines their way. As much fun as it is to see Nazis get entirely justified overkills, for instance one guy is blown to bits only to have his leg blown up after the fact, it's also a sign of things to come, where Corpy will have all the odds stacked against him, and through sheer force of will and pain tolerance, take down these assholes. Exploitation fun at its finest. Next up, we have Rescue in Earth 50101 from Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. One of my favorite things in superhero movies is when the heroes make a point of emphasizing rescues over combat, though combat is fun. And this scene... And in this scene, this Earth is the best of its kind be since it's the skydive save from Iron Man 3. In the midst of the battle with Spot, Miles Spider-Gwen followed the villain to Earth 50101 with Spider-Man Bahakvar and Spider-Punk. But when the battle goes sideways, the Spider-Folk start working in tandem to save all of the nearby civilians. The set piece has a ton of fun with gravity and perspective, and the spider being's disparate animation styles while showing off their acrobatic abilities, strength, strength, and web, web moves. Yeah, pardon me. All before Miles disrupts a cannon event by pulling off a last-second rescue. Not only is this scene visually gorgeous and thrilling, it's a reminder of what being a hero should be about, saving lives. Next, we have Prepare for Takeoff from Plane. One of this year's most pleasant surprises, Plane, succeeds by doing exactly what the audience wants, giving them a healthy dose of Plane-based action thrills. And few scenes deliver the goods like this one does. Looking to leave the island inhabited by vicious criminals, Captain Brody Torrance has teamed up with an extraction team to get his surviving passengers aboard and get this plane in the air. Easier said than done, of course, because Brody and his team took out an awful lot of a criminal gang to get this far. Before the plane can even get started, a convoy of baddies armed with automatic weapons arrive, and the makeshift runway turns into a war zone. The scene skillfully blends Brody's attempts to get the plane in the air, the military-style firefight between the fire team and the bad guys, and the passengers trying to get on the plane to save their lives. 
It all builds to an ultimate showdown between the gang leader and Brody, who finishes the job by using the plane as a battering ram to prevent the gang leader from firing an RPG. I'll take five more of these, please. And lastly, we have Renfield and Rebecca's apartment fight from Renfield. The biggest surprise for me when I watched Renfield was, holy shit, the fight work in this movie is excellent, and there's a bunch of it. Though all of the shootouts and hand-to-hand -hand combat bouts are fun, it's hard to top the splatterific team-up between our titular hero and his new police officer buddy, Aquafina's Rebecca. Surrounded in Rebecca's apartment by a gaggle of corrupt police and gang members, Renfield kicks things off by exploding out of the window and then tearing through the cops with ruthless efficiency, turning their own bodies against them. Literally. As Rebecca does her best to grapple and land efficient headshots, Renfield does the majority of his fighting with his foe's arms as melee weapons and then projectiles. And that's before he starts ripping faces and slamming dudes in half. It's a great example of how to blend horror, action, and comedy into one set piece. So those are 10 of my favorite action scenes from 2023. Let me know what yours are, and I will catch you next time for my favorite movies of 2023. Catch you next time. Bye. This has been Scott's Off Indulgent Movie Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to join our Facebook group, Scott's Off Indulgent Movie World, for the latest reviews, discussions, and more. See you next time, everybody, and stay safe.